From Argus Media, this is Driving Discussions, a podcast series focusing on the forces that affect road fuels globally. Greetings and salutations once again, one and all. I'm Jason Metko, spot ticker reporter here at Argus. And on today's presentation, we're sitting down once again with the Senior Vice President and Global Head of Oil here at Argus, Stephen Jones. Today we're discussing the current headwinds in supply demands in the market, specifically as we start the holiday season, some compliance dates regarding EU sanctions that are fast approaching, in addition to how this all affects the American consumer and driver. Stephen, great to have you back on the presentation. We always value your insight. Let's jump right into it. Where are things currently standing here as we're in the middle of November, sir? Well, thanks, Jason. It's good to be back with you. And I guess where things stand right now in the in the global marketplace is we're really enduring a period of high price volatility is swinging majorly between economic headwinds and supply concerns. When we talk about the economic headwinds, it's really slowing demand uh, due to the weaker economic conditions. And specifically, right now, the market's given up on China relieving a zero COVID policy as uh, China's had record high daily infection rates. And so China can swing global demand, you know, plus or minus a half million barrels uh, a day in terms of the call on increased crude requirements. So that one factor alone really spooks the market. And so now we're back in a wind change of economic drivers and slowness. They're creating weaker price support, but the supply concerns are still with us. Uh, OPEC, is cutting back against their pledged target output. Um, they claim to claim you know two million barrel a day cut, but in actuality they're only reducing actual supplies right now about a half a million barrels a day. Uh, that reduction is in line with general slowing as we move seasonally towards um, you know the off season in the U.S. and but before winter demand picks up in Europe. Uh, the big issue right now, or what the agencies are calling for, for total global demand growth in oil requirements. The IEA just released their monthly report showing 2022 demand is actually higher by a couple hundred thousand barrels a day, which seems incongruent with what OPEC's calling. Uh, but they're calling this year, 2022, up 2.1 million barrels a day of overall global demand. That compares to last year's recovery of over six point one or two million barrels a day. Um, in 2023, though, they are slowing the outlook for demand growth. Uh, the increase for next year's forecast to be 1.6 million barrels a day by IA's projections. Argus's projections are not too far different from that call, about 1.7 million barrels a day. But OPEC has been lowering their demand outlook for 2023. They've haircut it by 100,000 barrels a day, and it's still a 2.2 million barrel a day increase. So what do all these numbers mean? Basically, demand growth is still on the increase next year. Despite the economy concerns uh, and, and the variability around China, it's really a marketplace that is trying to figure out how much supply will be required to still fulfill some level of demand increase. Uh, IEA will have us at 101.4 million barrels of total demand next year. Um, that number is very large, no matter what the rate of change is year on year. And so I think we're still in a supply-driven marketplace where 
most of the focus is shifting towards diesel fuel around uh, the European winter. And the fact that uh, even with the high prices, the supply shortages of natural gas have caused a substitution for large volumes of diesel or distillates in Europe. And that's shifting the trade patterns into Europe and calling on large exports from the U.S. to still supply the Atlantic Basin, primarily Latin America. But those barrels will be competed for in incremental supply requirements for Europe. Um, the issue really becomes where will the diesel requirements as we move into wintertime come from? What will that supply look like? He is Senior Vice President, Global Head of Oil at Argus, Stephen Jones. This is Driving Discussions. Stephen, we talk about the impending winter, and specifically in Europe, where it might be another cold one. And they have something great to think about as well, the war in Ukraine notwithstanding. We've got compliance dates coming up for the sanctions. Crude is next month, and products coming up in February. Can you speak a little as to why these are taking effect at the time frame they are and why they didn't happen sooner. And the second part of that is what can we expect once these compliance dates show up? So excellent questions. Just to clarify that the European Union progressed dates for both crude oil sanctions that take hold to where they will not be allowed to import uh, crude oil starting December 5th from Russia into the EU. And in February, February 5th, they will uh, sanction the allowance of, of refined products uh, into the EU. And so when we talk about the, the distillate demand into Europe, we're talking about a period where that poll has been on the increase and will continue to rise through January, February, right at a time when the sanctions begin to take effect for products. Right now, we're getting an early read on what that means for crude oil because we're in the trade window for um, for crude oil loadings out of Russia for the December time period when the sanctions take hold. Initially, the loading program looked slow. It looked like it was picking back up, back near ongoing uh, levels that have been sustained since the war began. But the ultimate impact post-December 5th is unknown. Um, there's a lot of speculation, especially on the product side, where will replacements for the Russian distillate supply be made up from? And the Middle East is likely the prime candidate, but uh, China has had export quotas that have limited the amount of output for products out of China, but they could conceivably increase supplies into Asia and spring some of the incremental Middle East diesel that's going towards Asia, move it back towards uh, towards Europe. But the other aspect that's interesting is there could be leakage of you know diesel or distillates that would normally go to Europe and find their way into Latin America and displace some of the supply from the U.S. of distillates and redirect it from Latin America to Europe. And so you can visualize the crossing of product in the Atlantic Basin, which adds to the delivered cost, which raises the overall price of the fuel for both the American consumer and the European consumers, merely from the disruption in trade patterns, even if there is not a full-on 
loss of supply, it gets redirected nevertheless. If it is a full loss of supply, the price impacts could be even greater. Um, and you know, one of the primary problems that we have in the U.S. is the hype around low distillate inventories in general. So we have this sanction period kicking in at a time frame that is elevating prices or at least underpinning a price support level that's higher than it would have been had the economy not continued to be a threat or slowing. But we have low inventory levels in the U.S. We have crude stocks that are on the low end of the five-year minimums. We have gasoline inventories that are at five-year minimums, mostly on the U.S. East Coast, but also in the mid-continent. But we primarily are focused on the diesel requirements. That's the biggest concern, and it's well below the five-year minimum inventory level with no recovery in sight. Uh, the U.S. East Coast is most acute uh, with low stocks that are probably 50% of their mid-range and well below the five-year lows. So why is that a concern? Well, we aren't going to rebuild inventory because the market price time structure, meaning the futures prices, are lower valued than today's oil prices. And so operators are not willing to carry inventory into a future time period where the value might go down as the futures curves actually value it at this point in time for periods months ahead. And so there is no incentive for industry to rebuild inventories, even if they could. Um, the time structure puts too much of a value risk on holding those inventories. So there's thin backdrop you know, a safety net, if you will. But I don't think it's an, an area to be overly concerned about. We are running high refinery rates in the U.S. We haven't been below 89% refinery capacity utilization since this past spring. And we set higher record rates, if you will, for this time of year, just this past week, as we record this uh, just before the Thanksgiving holiday week. But the bottom line is that, you know, refinery runs are high and we're running hard to make diesel, both in Europe and the U.S. Inventories are low. Substitution for that requirement is high. And the sanctions haven't even taken hold yet uh, to see what the displacement will have an effect on and or where alternative supplies could make up for a true net loss if Russia does cut back the supply and it doesn't leak out to Latin America or elsewhere. A few more moments here with Stephen Jones. It's Driving Discussions, production of Argus Media. Stephen, let me ask you here in our remaining minutes specifically about the American consumer. We were touching on it briefly there, but chances are we're going to have another Fed interest rate. I already mentioned the issues with diesel. How is all of this going to affect the, the average American driver the next couple of months or so? Well, I think prices are still going to be pretty firm. Uh, when we look at the inflation rate, you know, the Fed Fed is raising the interest, the federal rate, obviously, um, to try to reduce the money supply and lower overall inflation in the economy. Um, you know, they've they've announced a target inflation number around two percent, and we're currently running on an annualized, seasonalized adjusted basis, uh, just under seven percent. And so we've got a ways to go with continued potential Fed action. Already, you know, 30-year mortgage rates are at 7%, nearly double what it was a year ago. And so we're already starting to see, you know, 
new home starts on an annualized basis slow down, uh, flatten to slowing. And so what that means is that, uh, you know, we're probably going to go through the holiday season, Thanksgiving into the Christmas holidays in the U.S., uh, still with consumer spending relatively strong despite inflation. But I think we might end up with a holiday hangover, economically speaking, uh, when the realities of these higher rates and the potential slowing of, of the housing market begins to take effect. I do think we'll still have an okay driving season next year. Um, prices are likely to be stabilized as we get post-sanctions and move into the springtime. The diesel market's already pretty flat. It's not growing. And so the housing market slowing is likely to take some of the demand edge off and allow refinery runs to still be firm and stable, but not uh, overextended, if you will, uh, past the springtime. So we really just got this winter issue and the sanction impacts to evaluate uh, how strong a degree of price pressure the American consumer is going to feel at the pump, uh, both be the diesel pump for work crews and commerce and movement of goods, as well as uh, you know the, the the routine commutes and vacation travel that will begin in the springtime into summer. Uh, one thing that I think is important to note, Jason, as we uh, move into the the winter time, we do have our Argus America's Crude Summit, February 15th through 17th here in Houston. And uh, we've got one heck of a speaker lineup. But most importantly, this conference will be coincidentally around the same time where we'll have some clarity on what these sanction flows and impacts will have been. The, the full outfall from it won't be clear. And that's why come coming to the conference and networking with other industry participants and getting your plans together for next year, I think will be a very interesting time for us as a, as a community of both the crude oil markets and refined products to have these conversations at that point in time. Yeah. So for all the answers, come join us in Houston in mid-February, right? That's it. That's it, partner. Senior Vice President, Global Head of Oils at Argus, Stephen Jones. As always, sir, we appreciate the time and we will talk to you on down the line. Thanks, Jason. You too. And we look forward to the conversations to follow. And with that, we put another wrap on another edition of Driving Discussions, a production of Argus Media. Reminder to check out the previous episodes in this series. And for more information on Argus's global refined products coverage, make sure you check out argusmedia.com forward slash oil dash products. 